Welcome to the My Personal Football Coach Youth Soccer Player Development Podcast, episode 18 with Bodo Menzies. Welcome to MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Soccer Player Development Podcast. Discover all the secrets, hints and tips about soccer player development and soccer coaching from some of the leading figures in world soccer. Here's your host, Saul Isaacson-Hurst. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Um, this week we've got a fantastic guest, one one I know you're going to enjoy, one of the most uh, exciting guests we've had on, on the show so far. It's Bodo Menzies, who's until uh, very recently was academy manager of Schalke, uh, one of the most uh, prestigious and uh, prolific academies in, in world football really, producing lots of uh, quality footballers, uh, Leroy Sane and uh, Julian Draxler to name a, name a few, so... That's uh, this is going to be a really good one. Lots of lots of really uh, uh, interesting knowledge and experience to share to uh, for everyone. So this is a really good one. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's uh, it's funny really because you know I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I touched base with Bodo. I'd met him once before last year at the conference, and I touched base with him, and uh, he was happy to come on. But I didn't really know anything about the the academy in terms of uh, their methodology and you know what they do in Germany obviously they've been so successful really but it was it was uh, without you know uh, ruining the surprise as it were it was such uh, so fulfilling for me to hear the same same messages coming through from these guys about ball mastery uh, individual technique and particularly 1v1 which is really interesting 1v1 again uh, a pivotal part of uh, this academy's methodology and their philosophy throughout the age groups, all the way from nine all the way into uh, you know the 23. So really interesting, and you know look, we're seeing patterns patterns emerging. You know, uh, it's, it's patterns emerging between these. You know, uh, Schalke, you've got Ajax, you've got you know uh, Zagreb, Dynamo Zagreb, you've got the Belgium FA. You know, uh, Tottenham Hotspur here in England, in London. You know. All these talent hotbeds uh, utilizing a focus on the one v one. So you know, it's, it's good for me to know, you know, what my philosophy. I'm on the right track, if you like, and you know, I'm continuing to learn and refine and uh, and develop. But it's really interesting to see these patterns emerging, and um, you know, it's interesting as well. You know, looking uh, looking at the under 17s. Obviously, the under 17s won the World Cup recently here in England. So. Obviously, the 20s as well. We had a really successful summer. So looking, you know, at the moment, the English model, the Premier League Academy model, and obviously with help from the FA with the older age groups, the way they've they've restructured the playing style. But so really looking back, and for me, it's particularly uh, fulfilling working. You know, I worked with Tashan Oakley Booth and Nia Kirby extensively when I was a skills coach at Spurs and the younger age groups. So I worked with those guys uh, between 8, 9, 10 and 11 and uh, seeing them develop into top, well, you know, potential world-class players, but some of the best young players in the world. So you can track back and see what they did. And, you know, that them guys at younger age group really, you know, hammering all the technical work, hammering the 1v1, lots of small-sided games, you know, some of it, much of it unopposed, but obviously majority in small-sided opposed situations. And, uh, you know, seeing how good it done those guys. And obviously looking as well at the Chelsea, Chelsea had such a big, uh, contingent in that team as well and obviously my time there I know what their the philosophy of that club is and again is focusing on that technique at a younger age uh, balanced with lots of like game style practices as well and some unopposed work as well so listen there's no golden bullet you know you know many like those two clubs Tottenham and Chelsea do things different way different ways but there's patterns emerging there so you know uh, I know um, 
yeah, looking at the US right now, we've got a lot of listeners in America. I know you guys are hurting right now and you're you're evaluating yourself and you know you're you're listening to Bodo here and he talks about Germany when they uh, evaluate themselves and they professionalized their academy system and had such success and maybe you know England now we're we're benefiting at the younger age groups anyway uh, from the professionalization of the academy system and I think you know looking at that England's a good place for the Americans to start to learn because and in Germany and Europe obviously because you know we're talking about controlled environments here we're not talking about you know a lot of street football which has died unfortunately within our current culture so it's about you know developing creative attacking footballers within a controlled environment and uh and how we how we can do that? So obviously, you know, America, you gotta you gotta decide what you're gonna do yourselves. But what my one bit of uh, advice would be in my you know completely and in my own modest terms would be you know look at look who's had success. Look at specialists in that area. If you're gonna look at young player development, get people in with specialist young players uh, development and look at, you know art and see where you, where you can mould your own uh, philosophy. But listen. Uh, in exciting times in England as well, and I'm sure that you're going to turn things around there. Then, in terms of myself, it's been uh, very busy recently. Just um, proud to uh, welcome South Bay Soccer Club from Los Angeles and uh, Watford Ladies and Development Squad, uh, women's first team and Development Squad, uh, and also the Central Football uh, Manato Manawatu in from New Zealand as a new partner club. So. Really excited that our club partnership program's kicking off and supporting clubs in supporting their players uh, with the online training and also supporting their coaches with uh, online uh, resource for the coaches. So uh, really privileged that the clubs are, uh, people are embracing it. And that's a great mix there. We've got, you know, uh, a grassroots amateur club. We've got a regional FA with young players and also uh, a women's uh, first team uh, pro club and development squad. So really nice because, you know, the... The club partnership and the online training and everything is, is for everybody, not just for pro players or it's about it's for anyone who just wants to improve. So uh, really happy it's taken off and people are buying into it. And, uh, you know, if you if you are interested in it to see how we the club partnership can help take your club to the next level, just please do get in touch. Give me a message and I'll get back to you. Uh, next year is going to be a busy year. Uh, obviously going to be in New York and Philly for the conference in January. Uh, I'm going to be uh, Thailand in January and February also. And uh, I'm going to be in uh, Toronto and Edmonton in Canada in March and then also Sydney in uh, in April. So listen, if you want to connect and touch base, uh, really keen to meet people and learn uh, from other coaches and share ideas. Uh, it's a big part of my philosophy. So please do get in touch. And uh, but without further ado, listen, let's get into the show. This is a really good one. I know you're going to enjoy it. So Bodo Menze, welcome to the show. Hello, good morning. Good morning. So can you just uh, give us a little bit of background about your your um, your playing and coaching experience? Yes, I uh, begin uh, with the very beginning of my of my career. Uh, I have been uh, entering the academy of Schalke as player just uh, living uh, two steps away from the first stadium, Glückaufkampfbahn in Schalke. In Schalke is a quarter of the city of Gelsenkirchen. Uh, on 23 of September 1964, as 11-year-old boy, I have been born in, uh, in Schalke, in Gelsenkirchen, Schalke, and uh, have played football from the first steps on in the back in the in the courtyard of our house 
which uh, has been laying in the shadow of the Glück auf Kampfbahn. You hear me? Yes, yep. Okay, okay. And uh, and I have played uh, in Schalke since uh, uh, till 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 under 19 team in the academy and in the year 20, uh, 1971 season 71-72 our first team had a very renounced team with uh, Norbert Nickbuhr as goalkeeper with Jürgen Sobirai uh, the twin uh, Kremers twins uh, Klaus Fischer uh, Stanley Buda and Rüdiger Abramczyk uh, Rolf Rüssmann, um, Aki Lütke-Bormat, and uh, I had no chance to enter the first team because I have been a little bit too, too, too slow, not fast enough at the end for first of Bundesliga. And I landed in uh, the third division, uh, just around the city of Gelsenkirchen. It is a uh, real football area in which we are living. Uh, the region of the Ruhr Valley in the western part of Germany, touching a little bit already uh, the uh, the lower Rhine region with uh, with the frontier of Netherlands, and uh, then I uh, decided for myself to begin uh, the studies of physical education and French language at the University of Bochum which is uh, as well uh, only 15, 20 kilometers from my home. And, uh, and I studied uh, both uh, disciplines uh, till 1978, where I, did, uh, where I reached my first coaching license, uh, the UFAB license. And then I took as a coach, player, or player coach, uh, how you how you say, I don't I do not know, uh, for three years and uh, got uh, twice championed with a with a uh, urbanic team in the district, and then I knew that it was the right job for me and uh, accomplished. For being teacher on a high school uh, for uh, physical education and French language, and parallelly to this, I went to the DFB to Sports School of Hennef uh, in the early 80s to accomplish as well the UEFA A license plus at the end, at the very end, the uh, UEFA Pro license, which is the license for getting coach uh, in Bundesliga and in the leagues. And I was lucky to have uh, the place in the League of Lower Rhine region in the famous sports school of Duisburg-Wedau, where I have been technical director for six years, from 85 to 91. Um, and got the German championship uh, of leagues with the team on my very last day in 1900 and December 1990. And then Schalke uh, took me back as uh, 
qualified coach and uh, asked me to take over the post of the director of uh, the academy. And uh, we began to to build up the new phase of Schalke Academy Knappenschmiede called today. And uh, this uh, started in 91. And uh, we got a very successful academy with um, of uh, renowned players. Uh, we produced a flowing stream of world-class players across Germany and UEFA, the long line of prodigious talent to graduate from the academy included Max Meyer, Leroy Sané, who is playing for Man City today, Timon Wellenreuter, who got to Mallorca, Felix Platte, who plays for Darmstadt 98 today, Pierre-Michel Lazoga, HSV, Hamburger Sportverein, And I think he changed now, but uh, I do not really, uh, for the moment, where he went. Then uh, Mesut Özil, who is playing for Arsenal with uh, Arsene Wenger. Uh, Manuel Neuer, the famous goalkeeper of our national team, playing for Bayern Munich. Benedikt Hövedes, who changed recently to Juventus Turin in Italy. Julian Draxler, who is playing for PSG, Paris Saint-Germain today. Joel Matip going to Liverpool, to Jürgen Klopp. And Seat Kolasinac changing as well now to Arsenal, to uh, Arsene Wenger. Well, you got so you, obviously you have such a great track record in player development, you know, like you say. Schalke is uh, internationally recognised as one of the best development centres in the world for footballers. Why do you think that is? What's your secret there? I think that uh, it is uh, not really a secret, but uh, we build up the academy with uh, good qualified coaches and uh, with a good name of the club. Uh, so uh, we are in a, in a in a region within... Uh, We have a lot of academies, renounced academies, uh, with 10, 11, 12 clubs uh, of uh, good academies. So the concurrence is big. And this is uh, one of the points that uh, each uh, weekend we have matches against uh, strong teams. Uh, and this is, for the learning process, a very good thing. Do you... Um... So what sort of teams are they? These are the Bundesliga teams or are they smaller teams with just very strong local clubs? No, um, these are Bundesliga clubs of first Bundesliga and second Bundesliga. These are clubs like uh, Bayer Leverkusen, like VfL Bochum, like uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, like uh, Borussia Dortmund, like Arminia Bielefeld and so on, uh, which are very strong as well. And uh, this is... Uh, One of the reasons that the formation process is uh, for all of us, as well for those teams, a very good one. What what age group do you start playing these teams uh, with the? We start we start in the age group of nine, yeah, under nine, and we finish in the age group of under twenty three. Okay, and also then next question is under nines. Are they? Is it competitive? Is it a league they're playing for? 
Yes, it is competitive from the first moment on and it is a selection team uh, from the first moment on as well and only this single team in under 9, a single team in under 10 and so on. And you can imagine that uh, from the first moment it is selected and uh, that there are some changes in the, in the, in the years to come uh, because uh, of developments and so on negative and positive and how many and how many players sorry to interrupt you Bodo how many players would you do you have in a squad at under nine for instance uh, in the under nine uh, we have uh, 14 15 players and the, and and, how, and what's the format of the games how many aside are the under nines playing we play seven aside seven aside okay and so then um I'm just interested, in, and then so at the end of the at the end of that league, they win a cup, a trophy. Then the under nines. Yes, it is a it is a regional cup, uh, which is uh, played with uh, all other big uh, clubs, so uh, that you can imagine that it is not the local neighbor yeah. uh, where you win fifteen zero. Yeah. But it is uh, strong uh, clubs where uh, the results are. Um, are uh, as well uh, playing a, a big role because uh, there are. Okay, and my next question then is that is there's a big debate uh, in England and also I spoke to um, Chris van der Hagen in the Belgium FA. Uh, in England, we don't have competitive games at under nines all the way till 16s. They're all friendlies and I, they've gone the same way in Belgium. Obviously, they're worried about maybe uh, coaches wanting to win the game too much and that affecting development in terms of playing style and things like that. What do you do to, to combat that? Or did you think that's not a problem? Uh, I think uh, that this is one of the strong points as well, that uh, from the very beginning on, we try as well to, to bring a winner mentality into the players. Uh, so that they are aware of uh, individual uh, formation and uh, development, but as well a development of the teams within a team and uh, together linked with a winner mentality at the end. Okay, so then my next question goes on to that nicely. What is the, what is the, what's the playing philosophy of the club? Um, you know, and does that run all the way through from the nines to the 23s? Uh, no, it is open. It is individually. It is uh, it is a red file. But uh, the coaches are looking uh, to the uh, to the talents uh, and to the positions where the talents are at home, if you can say. And uh, and this is um, at the end uh, as well uh, in the development line. Uh, linked to at the end eleven against eleven, and uh, we try to we try to bring the players in different positions. But at the end, uh, it is decided by the player and by the talent itself where they will have their place uh, in the position on the on the pitch. And I mean, so when they when do they first start playing eleven v eleven? It is in under thirteen. Um, and, and do you and have then at that age? Do you have a, you say you don't have a suggested formation? You know that the players that you want the teams to play in, the coaches have freedom to to adjust the formation freely. 
Yes, we, we, we are not linked and fixed in a 4-3-3 or something like this, but uh, we, we do it, uh, we do it uh, as the coach sees it, that it is the best thing for the formation of the players. Um, but do you, do you have um, a way you'd like the teams to play? I mean, you know, play with the ball, playing out from the back, uh, playing possession type football or count. Yes, 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 we we take care that it is not a kick and rush, but uh, that it is a development of the game within the game from uh, the back uh, to to the other goal uh, in a technical way. but as well with uh, with a fight for the balls and from the very beginning on as well uh, in a in a in a way that uh, we try to to regain the ball within uh, a very short time if we have lost it okay and then tell us a little bit about then um so the players are starting at under 9 what does the under 9s 10s and 11s look like does that look different to Lee? to what the 13s, 14s, 15s are doing, or is it? Yes, um, you can you can say that in the first uh, that in the first part it is a basic uh, formation uh, with the ball. Um, a lot of things we do with the ball in a technical, individual, technical way, and and uh, try to bring the try to bring the the basic tactics in one against one in a in a group tactic but not within a within a within a team's tactic or system at the time so can you just tell us a little bit more about that about that about the one v one and your te- your technical training it'll be a little bit more detail i would say it is a one uh, against one in uh, offensive and defensive to learn the basics to learn how to how to get the ball and to learn how to keep the ball and to be creative uh, on the pitch. Uh, the technique in this uh, in this way means to have uh, to have uh, to have means to get uh, in the in forward movement to the other goal. It is not um, it is not a thing for himself, but it is a help. To 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 get uh, through the pitch to the other goal. Because I saw your um, I saw your your session at the NSCAA conference in January. Okay. Which I enjoyed, which is well, that was a one v one 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 v one specific uh, practice you did there. Yes, so, yes, I remember, I remember, and I, it was I enjoyed it much. So, do you, is that a key theme running all the way through the academy? And then, and if it is, why do you think that's so important? Yes, I think that it is a, a very important element in the match, in the game, and uh, it should be uh, taken and repeated uh, till the end of the player's career, if you wish. Interesting. And then in terms of the, I mean, do you, do you, do you break down the technical detail of the 1v1 in terms of the attacking and the detail? Uh, do, you, do you look at players like, for instance, Sane and Draxler, their skills and techniques and teach those to young players? Yes, from the very moment, from the very first moment onwards, we uh, we keep an eye on it, and uh, I think uh, something which has uh, Leroy Sané, uh, the, the 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 quickness and uh, the rapidity, 
um, is not to be learned, but it is uh, a thing which is uh, which has been laid uh, into the cradle uh, from uh, heaven. <laughs> you cannot learn it, but you can uh, you can give a good organizational frame to keep it and to to build it up. And and is it important for you to have all of your players to have that one v one domination? Uh, yes, this 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 is this your is, positions. Yes, this is absolutely a basic element for all of them. And and, and, you, and you know, since the times of Jens Lehmann and uh, of Manuel Neuer in the goal, uh, and Edwin van der Sein, uh, Manchester United at the time, uh, which uh, is uh, which is a an understanding of the game of all three. Uh, which has uh, opened the future uh, and which has been uh, another style of of game uh, as it has been with uh, Oliver Kahn in Bayern Munich at the time. It is a uh, football-related uh, goalkeeper playing and uh, we have uh, kept an eye uh, on Manuel Neuer on the, on the formation of him uh, that he... Uh, that he was perfectly uh, as well playing in the field with the ball on uh, on the feet on the foot, uh, and that's why he is uh, excellent playing football as well. He could play in third division without any problems. I mean, it's interesting you mention uh, Neuer and you know Draxler and Sane. I mean, like you said, is the modern day footballer. Uh, the requirement is that they you are whichever the part on the pitch you are on, you have to be able to play with comfort with the ball at your feet right right no? to have uh, to have an excellent technique and to have this technique not only uh, alone and on the pitch uh, in a calm uh, corner but to have it uh, in rapidity and to have it as well against uh, the uh, defender so how does that then translate into practice design for coaches? How much time do they spend with the players individually on the ball? And how much time is spent in uh, possession groups type sessions? Uh, you can say that uh, with the very be beginning at under nine, he will try to, to, to bring in the good technique and uh, years which follow in a in a more open and more complex technique uh, ta tactic uh, on the on the on the game the groups uh, get uh, bigger and uh, it ends in the 11 against 11 at the end and in the very last year in under 19 we have an excellent coach with Norbert Elgott who brings in the things which they need uh, at the end uh, for being professional players so then, as well physic physically, uh, but as well tactically. So then you, you say that technique, so a lot of the time is spent with the, with the players working. So technique is the main priority for the younger age groups then, working with the ball. Yes, yes, because it is the utils which they need uh, later on to accomplish in a more complex situation. And uh, it is the, the first demanding that the technique is perfect in this moment. Because there's an interesting debate with some saying that um, that most techniques should be learned in a game only, and it's maybe uh, 
there's, there's, a, there's an argument that, you know, teaching young players technique that this, you may be actually um, stopping their creativity. The creativity uh, must not uh, be uh, killed. And this is uh, one of, uh, as well, one of the, 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 the reasons that our coaches uh, have to know that this is uh, necessary as well not to stop the game and the technique formation at every step, but let them play and let them play open and do not under interrupt every moment. And I suppose the challenge is then is that when they're learning these skills, then giving them the opportunity to use them in, in the game-based situations, right? Right. And uh, as well, uh, giving them the motivation to to do it, to perform it, and not to lose it and to leave it away, because this is, uh, at the end, the most uh, wonderful element that they have. Um, I remember, once again, to Leroy Sané, to do it in a very rapid way and uh, not to interrupt it. So, I mean, interesting that, how does that work then in the terms of, you know, they, they're playing the games on the Sunday and the coach wants to win and you've got a young uh, Sane, for instance, or wannabe Sane, he keeps dribbling, but losing the ball sometimes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, even if he loses the ball sometimes, it is, uh, it is, uh, uh, it is not um, forbidden to lose. But uh, uh, naturally, this has as well an end and a limit when it um, happens too often then uh, the coach will interrupt him and will as well take him out of the match that he uh, knows that he have to think as well uh, on the team playing and not only on himself. Fantastic. So, so then move, moving uh, up then um, into when the boys get a bit older, what age group do you, do you have like a, you have a school program there that you run at the club? Yes, we have a cool uh, school program. Uh, we have uh, we we are lucky to have uh, to have a school nearby, only three four hundred meters from the stadium away. It's a complimentary boarding school, and this school has got in the year two thousand seven the label DFB Elite School because we uh, work together with them and together with the league and. Uh, the players who come in the age of under 15 uh, to under 19 are taking a school program because we care of it's a social responsibility as well which we have and uh, this social responsibility uh, is taken into the life of the boys and they have to end the school and uh, parallelly to that to be in our club and to end and uh, if possible with a license contract at the end uh, but in this way they uh, have a dual system uh, information uh, which is very necessary because not every player will reach the first team so they they come into full-time training at 15 if they're at the school yeah uh, if you wish, they have uh, four times uh, a week uh, the team uh, the team's training in the evening and uh, have four times a week, uh, three times a week, excuse, as well um, individual training in the morning during school time with our coaches uh, and uh, as um, physical 
um, school lesson. So our coaches uh, will train them uh, three times uh, more than it has been the case in former times. So that this will give at the end f uh, seven sessions, uh, seven unities, training unities to them. And uh, you can imagine if you add this up, it will be uh, a huge advantage at the end to give them a perfect uh, formation. So you say individual training, what does that mean in the morning? Individual, individual training means that it is not a team's training with a team, uh, team's tactic training, uh, which is done in the evening, but individual, that means formation in, uh, uh, in an individual way in the technique, to accomplish the technique, to increase technical uh, skills, and to repeat it uh, again and again, because the repeat method is the best you can do. And this is a parallel uh, to, you know, I, uh, have, uh, I have done myself uh, uh, two languages, and this is very parallel to learn languages. So, so, it so in, uh, these the a repeat method. So it'd almost be like a one-on-one like -on -one session, a coach with a player, working on that individual technique or working with a yeah, yeah, group yeah. of players? Not only, yeah, not only one and one session, but uh, as well uh, uh, one player alone with the ball, uh, only, to, only to learn uh, and to increase skills uh, on the ball in rapidity and so on and so on. So that working in isolation away from the game, that's a really important part of the, the uh, philosophy all the way through the academy from the younger age groups? Yes, I remember uh, a, a, a big player of uh, Germany uh, who was Günther Netzer in Mönchengladbach in the 1970s, uh, who after the training session uh, went, uh, uh, stayed on the pitch and uh, scored 1,000 free kicks to have it uh, in perfection uh, on the Saturday's match. And he scored a lot of, of, of goals uh, during Bundesliga matches uh, with this. So then, um, so, so before they come into the school, so have, for instance, how many times a week do the under nines train? The under nines train three times a week. Okay, and then when does that increase to four times a week? Which age group? And then it is increased in under 14 and uh, up. From under 15 on, we have the school program uh, additionally to this. Okay, and then what do you do? I mean, do you, do you encourage um, your players when the younger age groups to go and play on, in other situations, other places, and do other things? Uh, they are living in their, in their houses, in their homes, at their families, and we take care of that, uh, that the young talents come out of the region of the city and not too far away from here which a program which is widened up later on uh, you have uh, longer distances you have uh, more time to invest uh, with uh, uh, with uh, the distances to to take and uh, this is uh, this is um, as well the content of our programs interesting 
So then talk about a little bit about the, your recruitment. How does that work in terms of uh, your? how big is your area which you take players from? At the end, I will begin at the very end. At the very end, it is, uh, if you wish, worldwide because we have uh, had uh, three Americans. Uh, one of uh, them is, uh, is Haji Wright, who plays uh, now on loan in Sandhausen in second division. The second one is Weston McKenney, who is in the squad of our first team. And the third one is uh, Nick Taitegu, who is playing in under-19 um, now in the last year. And uh, so uh, this is a sign for a worldwide recruitment. Uh, but the most of them are German players coming from Germany. And the most of them are uh, indeed out of this region here. Uh, and uh, drawing it back to younger to younger age phases, it begins in the city with under nine, I would say, and under ten, under eleven. It goes a little bit in the district and uh, goes into the regional level in under twelve, under thirteen, under fourteen, and from the age under fifteen on, we take. From a little bit everywhere. So, do you know? Do you know how big your catchment area is in terms of players, like in pe the population? You know, how 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 many people you have to choose from? Uh, normally, it is uh, our region in the Ruhr Valley, which is a region, which is a region of five point uh, five million people, and uh, I think and I believe. Uh, that it is uh, the right way uh, to do because all of them which I have mentioned um, recently, uh, let's say uh, Max Meyer, Leroy Sané, um, uh, Pierre-Michel Lazoga, Mesut Özil, Manuel Neuer, Benedikt Hövedes, Julian Draxler, Joel Matip, all those have been living in their families around us so that they could live at home. And I think that it is a huge advantage to be at home and to have the family, to have uh, sisters and brothers, uh, fathers and mothers. And uh, this cannot be, this cannot be exactly uh, uh, given if they are, uh, if they come from far away and live alone here in uh, the Schalke family, I would say, uh, it is still a difference. And that is why I always kept an eye on taking them from here and having them here in the near. Interesting. So, I mean, you mentioned Ozil there. He's, uh, you, you, you talked about Sane. Tell us a little bit about Ozil, about what he was like in, as a growing up as a young player, his development. Yes, Mesut Ozil and his family has been living in Gelsenkirchen. And uh, so he had short ways. And he had, uh, and he had, he, he he comes from a from a very small club, locally club, uh, in uh, in our in our city, and uh, the first big club he changed to was Rotweiss Essen, uh, but Rotweiss Essen is only as well 15 kilometers from us, so that uh, it is not really far away. Uh, we always could arrange that he that he could uh, be transported uh, without uh, living in our in our facilities. So, what age group did you 
did you get him in? How old was he when he? Uh, we only we only got him uh, in uh, the age group under seventeen. Yeah, because because he was uh, he was always living in Gelsenkirchen. He always has been at our school where we uh, where we play with our players. But we play there as well with other players of other clubs, and among them was uh, Mesut, and we saw him in our school program, which is a very interesting thing. And then we we took him uh, away to us. So, I mean, yeah, so that's Ozil. So then tell us a little bit about Draxler, his journey. He was at the academy for a long time, right? Yes, he was like Hoverdus and like Matip and like Neuer, uh, one of the long-time, long-term uh, candidates. Um, he has been uh, in our club for seven, eight years. And uh, he comes uh, from, a, from a little city which is touching Gelsenkirchen called Gladbeck. Is a city where uh, I am living today after 48 years of living in Gelsenkirchen, Schalke. But it's only four kilometers from here as well. So uh, it is uh, our city as well. And he he came from a little club called BV Rentford and went to, at first, to a Gelsenkirchen uh, club, SSV Buhr. And from SSV Buhr, we took him in... Uh, the age of 12 or 11, something like this. And uh, we gave him the formation up to the professional team where he played as well. And uh, as a very big talent in the age of 17 already. And then he, uh, and then he moved uh, to Wolfsburg. He was not very happy in Wolfsburg. Uh, and... Uh, from Wolfsburg, he went uh, to Paris Saint-Germain. So um, when he came in at 11, could you tell that already this was a big talent? This boy was had a big future ahead of him? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you never know where it ends with an 11-year-old boy. But you, but you, uh, you, you see that he has uh, uh, a huge talent. And you see his movements, you see his creativity, and you pray to heaven that this can be hold and that this can be built up. And uh, if you have such a talent like him, like Mesut Özil, like uh, like uh, Joel Matip, like Hövedes, and so on, uh, you 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 try to do. Uh, the very best to keep them in the organizational frame, uh, to go through the end, to go through all age phases, through all teams, to go to all the different coaches and to end with Norbert Elgert at the end. So what, what age group did Sane come in, arrive at the academy? Uh, Leroy Sane is a special case as well. Because he came uh, with his two brothers uh, very early. His father was a famous first division player at uh, FC Freiburg and uh, Wattenscheid 09. And uh, he, is, uh, he has been living with his family in uh, the south of the city of Gelsenkirchen. So as well, a candidate uh, of uh, short ways. And he came... Uh, very early into the club and then we had a period of uh, 
little interruption because uh, of the fact that he went uh, to Bayer Leverkusen with his brothers in the age of uh, 13, till for three periods, for three seasons, till 16, I think it was. And then he came back because he um, has recognized that uh, life is not easier and life is not better in other clubs, which has been a very, very good uh, uh, experience for him and uh, which has widened up and opened the horizon. And sometimes I have uh, the feeling that players who always have been here uh, have a, a little bit in this in this uh, item a little bit uh, a lack of experience. It's interesting. So, you talk, sorry to interrupt you again, Vodex. Uh, no press for time. So just um, just I'm interested to know that as a very experienced uh, coach uh, de developer player developer, excuse me, is that even when they come in at eight and nine and ten, can you tell that one who has that special talent? Like you say, you you hope the best, but you can tell the special ones at a very early age. Uh, you will see them, you will recognize them very early, but uh, you can uh, as well, uh, it may as well happen that, uh, that you have a case uh, like I had in under 12, a boy uh, who was excellent in this age phase and has not uh, been uh, seen later on uh, in uh, junior A in under 19 and under uh, under 18 who uh, who was lost on the way if you wish like this and uh, you can always you you can only uh, uh, Thanks for tuning in to the MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Soccer Player Development Podcast. MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Dynamic Ball Mastery Program is the world's leading online individual technical training program, proven and developed at the highest level in the English Premier League. Sign up now to train like the pros and take your game to the next level. Master the ball, master the game. Many, many, uh, many possibilities, right? Many, I... many possibilities, and those cases happen as well. So, just um, thinking about Germany as a whole now. Obviously, the last uh, few years have seen a resurgent Germany with lots of players. What, why do you think this is? Why do you think Germany has again risen up to be one of the best powers in world football again? Because I think I find the reason in. Uh, the years 2000 uh, with the Euro in Portugal when we had a disaster with the team when we had a when we had a big problem uh, uh, in uh, losing against Portugal 3-0 and uh, with uh, with a, with a, with an enormous uh, disaster for German football uh, which created a new situation uh, within the heads of uh, the leading guys at DFB, uh, the former president uh, Gerhard Meyer-Vorfelder, um, uh, who does not live anymore any longer, but at the time he was very strong and he raised up against uh, as well resistances. He raised up uh, the question of uh, uh, changing the system of formation. And uh, what uh, has been the case in France till then, um, and uh, which decreased in France, was taken up in Germany. 
uh, in the year 2001 that it uh, that the academies uh, of first and second division uh, has been forced by DFL and by DFB uh, to install uh, academies obligatory uh, and which was linked uh, in the first step on the license system of the club and which was linked in the second step uh, to a certification process uh, of a company of Belgium called uh, Foot Pass. Um, and uh, this certification process and licensing uh, uh, process uh, was very fruitful because uh, some elements uh, came uh, obligatory into the game uh, and uh, we were very strict in the way of producing players and uh, this from under 9 to up to under 23 and I personally regret very much that uh, uh, three, four years ago DFL took away in this um, complex building uh, the obligation of having uh, under 23 uh, team uh, in the in the future years so that uh, it is up to the clubs to have an under 23 team or not and uh, I think um, it was not the right step because uh, of uh, the one or the two uh, talents which need one, three, one, two, three years longer of formation uh, to go to the first uh, team ha has been interrupted uh, on this point, and it is up to the up to the clubs to have such a team or to not have such a team. Oh, so um, just sort of sorry to apologise to stop you. There. I just wanted to know because obviously in England now. We've gone through a similar process with a restructuring uh, program and uh, and the with uh, our academies and we've now, as you might have seen in in the summer, England have had a lot of success at youth level in the national teams. Why do you think there's a a problem with uh, the players getting the opportunities and what could we learn from Germany in that respect? Um, what do you mean exactly with the question now? Well, so like we have many young players who are very good. So the England youth mm -hmm. teams were very successful, uh, but maybe mm -hmm. not our, our national team has not yet had that success. Um, I think uh, if it is like this, I do not know the system in England, sorry. But uh, if it is like this, uh, I think uh, if it is... Uh, a certain uh, amount of players uh, to be in the system, uh, in the squads. Uh, this should as well give a good impact on the national teams. If there are not uh, allowed, for example, um, players from abroad to play in the clubs and to, uh, uh, to, to take the place within the club of a young England talent who could be uh, formated and built up and play in the national team. So uh, if, the, if the squad allows to have a lot of England uh, English boys who have the chance to play in the national team, 
it is as well a good impact uh, at the end on the national teams. And also, but we obviously we have a lot of listeners who are in the USA. What's your thoughts about the USA uh, development at the moment in their football? Uh, I am very astonished. I had uh, I had uh, an invitation to go to the NS NSCAA convention in Los Angeles in January uh, 2017. And uh, I am very, uh, I'm very glad for the football that uh, in America the football um, is increasing and growing up enormously. And uh, I think that they are on a very, very good way um, in uh, uh, in doing a very good formation and uh, doing it very, very good. And uh, I think they should continue. For the football, for the good of the football, uh, it is excellent the way. I have uh, another invitation to go to the now called uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention uh, in Philadelphia in January. And I think I will uh, take this chance as well because our Schalke way is as well to widen up uh, with the internationalization a little bit uh, into the world. Uh, and to give uh, and to give as well a little bit of our knowledge to the football world if we can um, and if we can uh, contribute but uh, i remark as well uh, vice versa that for me it is as well widen up of my personal horizon if i do it and what what advice would you give there to a young coach who's aspiring to coach at a very high level? Uh, I would uh, give the advice uh, to keep the eyes wide open, to learn uh, on every corner where he can uh, learn to take knowledges, to, to have an eye on, uh, on, other, on other coaches as uh, they, how they uh, perform. And uh, on young uh, colleagues, I would... Uh, I would give as well the hint which was very useful for myself uh, to go very early into the job of, uh, of coach. Um, I told at the very beginning that I began in the age of 25 as player coach, coach player with a team to work with a team. And uh, the three years uh, at the very beginning in the age of 25 up to 28 for me, um, were uh, the opening of the world of football of coaches. Uh, I learned a lot and I learned within those three seasons uh, much more than I could have learned uh, out of 150 books. And, and finally, what, what, what about a young player? What advice would you give for a young player aspiring to go pro? A young player, I would give the advice, uh, stay... Uh, uh, in the learning process as long as you can do. Uh, do not go too early out of uh, this process. Um, keep the eye wide open and uh, the ears as well. Hear good and uh, well what your coaches uh, have to tell you. Uh, and uh, uh, keep on uh, in, the, in, the, in the training process because uh, 
even if it is hard to repeat uh, things uh, all the time, uh, it is at the end the only way to learn really, um, repeat, 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 go out of the main street, go into the uh, into the streets uh, in the in the left side and in the right side to repeat, to make the repetitions over there. And at the end of this process, come back to the main street, go forward and learn, uh, co continue learning in the age phases which come in the future and uh, stay in football because football is uh, the, best, uh, the best discipline of sports within a team you can ever have. Bodo, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you and uh, make uh, make a good interview. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be in Philly as well, so I'll see you in Philly. I have we'll meet up, have a cup of coffee or something. Ah, okay. You 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 will be there as well. Okay. Uh, my intention is uh, <clears throat> to come <clears throat> to come to Philly uh, with uh, one of our. Uh, active coaches in the academy now. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. And uh, and the first idea uh, which I which I have discussed with uh, Andrew Dahir from uh, USC um, uh, uh, is uh, now to present uh, perhaps uh, a total uh, trainings unity of uh, one of our teams. Fantastic. Well, I, I really enjoyed your last presentation, so looking forward to that one as well and meeting up in person. Thank you very much and uh, and all the best for you and uh, keep on, okay? Okay, Bodo, many thanks. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Bye-bye.